Welcome to All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast, discussing movies, books, you know, things pop culture. I'm your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Maracle. And we are happy to be here in 2018. We made it. I we did. I didn't think we were going to get here, but we I'm did. Really, I'm really pleased with us. That's a good job. We're not congratulated we're, enough for we're, just yeah. basic surviving. We survived another week. It hasn't been easy. It's been a rough one. It has been, hasn't been. has rised above 10 well, degrees. It's been, this yeah, it's been really cold. So. It's been really cold, but we're here. And as a special 2018 treat, we have a guest with us today. We have Jordan Smith. Say hi, Jordan. Hi. So Jordan is a librarian here at the downtown library. He works in the launch pad helping people record beats, maybe make the next great film. I mean, pretty much anything is possible down here. And One, one of our great joys is before we record this podcast, listening to some of the amazing works of art that some of our patrons have done here it's it's a treat every single morning everything's really wonderful and jordan is also a freelance film critic so you've probably read some of his reviews on different websites maybe some movie posters i've read some jordan quotes on movie posters which is pretty awesome so it's very impressive, very yeah. impressive. You're very, you're very fancy guy. We dressed up for this so that Jordan would be impressed with us. I wore a scarf, so I'm looking that's snazzy really, in here right now. Really very Wes Anderson-y. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> right. We're going back to Wes Anderson <laughs> we already. We're actually, today we're going to have Jordan talk about his top picks of the year, but at some point we're going to have him back where we can just annihilate Jacob and why Wes Anderson makes great movies. He's only got one good one. Oh boy! Oh, let me guess, oh, guys. Well, isn't his next sad. isn't his next movie the uh, more stop motion puppets? Hold that's up! True. Wait a minute. Is Bill Murray in it? This is my oh life. my god! This is what I have to put up. Wow. With. I think Bill Murray is in it actually. I'm sure. I'm positive <laughs> he is. I'm one, I that's what makes it wonderful right off the bat. All right. So before we get into that, I do want to talk to you, Jordan, because you recommended some movies that I watch over the uh, the holiday weekend. And I did, because I listened to you. That's very kind. I don't always <laughs> agree with you. <laughs> but, um, so, two of them I want to talk about real quick. So, I saw Battle of the Sexes. How did you feel about that? Uh, I thought it was uh, a really uh, great, or wonderfully performed film. Uh, I am not a giant fan of Steve Carell, mm-hmm. but... He plays kind of the antagonist in this film, and he's wonderful. He really is. Like and He nails that guy. For anybody who's not aware, uh, Battle of the Sexes is a movie about the Bobby Riggs and uh, Billie Jean King tennis match um, from the 70s. That was a huge pop culture event. Yes. It was Starring a big, a Emma big Stone. deal. Yeah, Emma Stone and Steve Carell. So I thought Emma Stone was really good, but I know, Jacob, you were very disappointed that you felt she didn't look anything like the character. No, not even a I Well, okay, she got in the vicinity, but no, I didn't really think. I felt like she, she had red hair in the movie. Like, I, like, I'm just looking at it, like, Billie Jean King had black hair. Like, I right off like the her hair bat. was pretty black. I don't know. I, did, I was just not, like, just looking at it. I was like, no, I don't know about this. The but do you job feel here. like, I guess that's a point in, its, in itself. Does an actor have to look just like the person they're portraying for it to be a successful portrayal i feel like it's uh, i mean fiction films are fiction even if they're an adaptation i mean documentary films often ride the line between fiction and non-fiction so yeah especially i i I don't think that's that important to be honest see i kind of feel like sometimes it depends on the role like i feel like sometimes it does matter like um charlie theron and monster for instance 
if she would have done that role looking like Charlize Theron, the whole movie falls apart because okay. nobody buys it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Like she, they, <laughs> she, she just came out as a babe. Yeah, but then they uglier up and stuff and like make her look all. They haggard. definitely made her look in the streets and had a rougher yeah. life. So yes, that is true. It's just kind of like it depends on the role. Like obviously, it doesn't matter for all movies. Like you know. If you're putting DiCaprio in something, playing like Frank Abagnale and Catch Me If You Can, I don't know what that dude looks like. So that matters nothing if you put, make him look like it. But yeah. I feel I will like say the <laughs> DiCaprio playing Hoover, not so good. Yeah, there you <laughs> that go. That is true. That's he an did example. look really terrible. It didn't. That's one where it did not work. So yeah, that's a good example there. But I know. And then just on a tangent here, but I haven't seen. You probably have Jordan. The Darkest Hour. I actually haven't seen Darkest Hour yet. I can't handle that that's Gary Oldman at all. It doesn't look like Gary Oldman at all. And, I mean, my wife has been watching The Crown all week. So good. And um, who plays Hoover? John Lithgow. Yeah, John Lithgow also doesn't look like Hoover. No. Or, I mean, like... uh, Churchill. Churchill. But he's great. (laughs) Yeah, he's really owning that performance. So, yeah, I I don't know that it's necessary that they, like... Definitely, uh, definitively look like the character they're mm-hmm. portraying, but th- I mean, but it definitely helps. It, it, it also kind of seems always like Oscar bait when you're like, oh, they got the prosthetics. Oh, like, it's, it's, we know what's happening here. It's definitely Oscar bait. It's like, oh, it's also like he's playing a special needs person or something like that. It's like, yeah, we know, we know what you're doing here, guys. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think it's going to work out for the battle of the sexes based on buzz, but yeah, we'll see. Jacob is. You're a little salty in 2018. A little, little grumpy. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like in a couple minutes you might have to take the scarf off. I don't know what How energy it's bringing dare to you. you. This scarf is an <laughs> integral part of this show now. All right. So then the other movie that I saw that you recommended was the the Merowitz stories. Is that what how his last name was pronounced? I think Meyerowitz? so. Uh, the Noah Baumbach film. That that's a really intense movie. It so, was it was so good. Um, I. I can say, and this probably upsets some people, but I strongly dislike Adam Sandler and Ben Stiller. I don't like their movies. The only Adam Sandler movie that I really, really liked was Punch Drunk Love. And it was such a treat that he was playing, like, he was he was acting like he did in that movie. And I was like, wait, he's talented? <laughs> Let's circle back around. Don't forget Ben Stiller in the Wes Anderson movie. Yes, he's See. good in it. Like, here we, bombs. here we go. Here <laughs> we ben go. Ben Stiller is good when he's not just trying to be funny. It's almost like when he's being dramatic and his funny side just comes out because that's very natural for him. Yeah. But when he's pushing humor, I feel like he loses it and it's yeah. all over the top. I, I feel the same way. I don't know. I'm kind of pro Stiller. I feel like it's one of those guys that he doesn't do anything particularly amazingly, but he definitely has a talent where he can, you know, bust out good performances every once in a while. I'm not sure why people are still surprised when he does good dramatic roles. He's got a couple under his belt. He, he does. He kind of I mean, started that way with, like, reality bites and stuff was, you know, comedy drama kind yeah. of thing. And not to mention every other film he's done with Noah Baumbach. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. They're all kind of the very similar, serious what, Who hurt Noah Baumbach? <laughs> like, what, <laughs> what happened to him in his life that he puts these movies out that they tear you apart? Like, I had told you earlier, when I started watching this, I didn't realize that it was by him. And as I was kind of just being torn up watching this, I was like, who, who made this movie? And then I'm like, oh, of course, Noah Baumbach. <laughs> just, he, he makes films about families that have fallen apart. Yeah. And, and the kind of repercussions of that for all the children involved. And even if those children are now adults. It, it still can't be worse than the squid and the whale. 
(laughs) (laughs) That movie was, that was a little too much for me. What a fight scene, though, at the end of that movie. I thought that the squid was going to take it, and then bam, the whale pulled it out in the end. Tie the scarf around your face. (laughs) Anyway, so, okay, thanks for letting me kind of catch up. Um, on the weekend, even though there's one more I saw, but maybe we won't talk about that till the end because there might be some fisticuffs, but, but we'll get into oh, that. No. It's going to be furniture flying up in here. There, might, where this is gonna lead. there <laughs> might be, but just uh, so that we have time, we want to talk about your top films of the year. So I feel like your lists um, are different than a lot of, we're going to just say average people because you get to see films that not everyone does. A lot of stuff doesn't hit the theaters here in Buffalo, but you go to a lot of film festivals and you get screeners um, as a uh, film critic. So you see a lot of things that I have to wait six more months to see, um, as does the listeners. But tell us um, tell us what we should be looking forward to. All right, how about, how do you want to do this list? You want to go backwards? You want to go? Yeah, why don't you do 10 and go down to one? Even though you have a long list, I don't know that we can do more. We're going to start at one and go to 10. Okay. We're going to switch it up. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Salty Jacob came in. Maybe (laughs) we'll do that. I don't want to upset him. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm very concerned today. You got tea in your hand, Michelle. You know what happened. But I see your number one choice, so we we should talk about that. To dream, to seek the unknown, to look for what is beautiful is its own reward. A man's reach should exceed his grasp. Or what's a heaven for? You are the explorer? Give me a hand. I wish to find a lost city. All right, so my number one pick of the year was The Lost City of Z uh, by James Gray. It's a film that uh, portrays Percy Fawcett, who was uh, this British adventurer uh, slash um, map maker Mm -hmm. who is hired to go or sent by the British government to uh, map the Amazon in the 1920s, um, starring Charlie Hunan and Robert Pattinson. And I... Loved this film. I it, number one. I guess so. <laughs> I did see this movie as well on your recommendation, and it's definitely in my top like 15, 16 films of the year. But tell me why number one? I'm surprised by that. It deals with a lot of things that I really uh, love uh, as far as themes go for movies. Um, it deals with a person who's uh, looking for. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? (laughs) (laughs) Brob Denagian. What did you say? Brob Denagian. It's a film about obsession, really. I mean, this guy is obsessed with the idea that there is this um, lost city that he wants to discover and show the world that the the British or the European um, people are not the only civilized people in the world. so he becomes obsessed with finding this and uh, he spends his entire life um, devoted to this cause that he's really, seems he's really quick to leave his family behind uh, right like to say it's just numerous times <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, he he sees it as a, as a necessary valiant thing uh, not just for his country but also his family because he's trying to restore his family's good name um, it's a film about class mm-hmm. um, in a really subtle way. 
Um, it's a film about nature. It's a beautifully photographed film that was shot on film in the Amazon for real. It's shot really beautifully, and I have to say I was really surprised by Charlie Hunan's performance. was really strong, and I only... The things I've seen him in, I haven't loved him in. Or I'm like, you're fine. You seem very average. But he was really great in this. Yeah, I don't even rem- like. I remember sitting in the theater, staring at him, going, "I don't know if I've ever seen him before in my whole life." You've never I, seen Charlie Hunnam before. I right? don't know. I can't remember. He was in uh, Sons of Anarchy, Pacific Rim. He was the original Christian Grey before he quit for Fifty but Shades of Grey. But he wasn't in it. No, he wasn't. I in did it. see Pacific Rim, but I don't remember. I him actually in it. just watched uh, that new King Arthur movie. And it was fabulous, I got to tell you. Really? Yeah, I thought it was going to be complete hot garbage. But <laughs> the world seems to feel that it's hot garbage. You, it's a dumb fantasy movie. But as far as dumb fantasy movies, I actually enjoyed the whole thing. I because like I don't think he's a particularly good actor Do in anything he's done. What you might have forgotten, Charlie Hunan is in that you love. You keep saying Hunan. He's got an M in his name. Hunnam. No, it's H U N N A M. Oh, with an M on the end. Yeah, Hunnam. that's right. Oh, yeah. Hunnam? Mm-hmm. Hunnam. I don't agree I with I watched that. eight seasons of Sons of Anarchy. I saw that dude's name a whole lot of times. <laughs> but I think like We're going to have to find, like, an interview with him. I'm just going to call him Charlie H. now. Okay. Well, but, anyways, um, back to us. he's in Children of Men. That's yeah, he true. is, apparently. That's yeah. true. He I didn't. dreadlocks. I, I really? just saw that, and I'm like, that's wow, who the heck really was he funny. in? Who was yeah. he in that? Okay, but well, yeah, I mean, I, it was a great film. Um, I also kind of, I want to mention, I, this kind of mirrors uh, Werner Herzog's the Aguirre, The Wrath of God, if you've ever seen that film. I must have missed it. It's, it's one on of the list. most incredible films ever made that was, again, shot in the Amazon for real, where <laughs> Werner Herzog, like, endangered his cast by, like, forcing them to, like, go down massive rivers on tiny rafts and stuff like that. He does it all the time. He did that with the <laughs> volcano one. There was like people standing like a foot from like molten lava shooting into the air. Werner Herzog is a maniac when it comes to movies. He makes good films. I'm not going to argue that, but the guy is completely nuts when it comes to stuff he he'll is, do. and I want him to narrate everything. Like his voice is superb. <laughs> like he talks and I'm like, yes, Werner, I'm listening. Well, what's interesting about... Th- its relationship to the city of Lost Z is that, or the Lost City of Z, I keep saying it wrong, uh, was that this film looks and looks completely different. Uh, where Herzog's film is like a lot of handheld, um, like really, really uh, wild performances that were like actually violent. This film is like very, very regal in how it's shot mm-hmm. um, and deals with kind of the same themes where uh, people are delving into this obsession and the search and ultimately a madness to a degree. Not so much in, in this film, but in, certainly in Nagira. I mean, the idea of, of the lost city of the Z, though, has become such a part of our folklore. It kind of turned into the whole El Dorado that people have just searched for and like, it's not real it's not there um, but it you know continues to live on throughout time mm-hmm. yeah still making movies about it to this day yeah okay good, good ones good, good choice ones. and available at the library so everybody can see go it pick it up at your know. local library folks okay what do we got number two number two so we're these are some of the I mean this film is a film that has made a major impact uh, in mainstream cinema uh, Lady Bird, Yay. which I'm sure that you guys talked about we, before. We did. It's a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. It was one of Michelle's favorite movies of the year. It sure was. Yeah. I saw this at the Toronto Film Festival. Um, I'm a big Greta Gerwig fan. I'm, I'm a 
I love all of her work that she's done with Bombeck and some of the Mumblecore stuff that she worked on before that. And uh, I was really stoked to see this at, at Toronto. And I walked out of the theater and thought, I did not expect that to be like one of the best things I've seen all year. Yeah, when you told me, I think when you came back from the festival and I was like, all right, what do I need to see? And you were like, Lady Bird, go see Lady Bird. I was like, <laughs> okay. And, but I do always have to ask the Jordan extra question of, now I understood that you liked it, but will I like it? Because we don't always agree on films. I, th I feel like I'm a pretty good judge of that. I think you've got me down pretty good now, where even sometimes you'll be like, this one I'm not sure. And those usually <laughs> end up okay, but. But I saw Lady Bird and was like, Michelle's gonna love this movie. I did, it She's loved it so love much. It. it made me so happy. It was really realistic. It was an excellent mother-daughter relationship film. Yeah, I, I, I felt like you could feel Greta Gerwig's experience of living in that town, growing up in that town. And she poured all those little moments and sense of place and growing up into this film in such an authentic and uh, heartfelt way. I love that they're showing how she wrote letters to musicians that she loved to get their their music in the film, like her letter to Justin Timberlake and how important like the song was to her and things. So she's pretty adorable. Yeah. I, I don't know if you saw some of the, the sh uh, pictures from the shoot, but... Uh, the scene where they're at prom, uh, Greta, Ger Greta, or Greta Gerwig actually wore a prom dress while she was directing, <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> just because she thought it would be fun. She's like, I just really like it. <laughs> Everybody she she just doesn't love show, prom. She just showed her like, it still fits, guys. After all these years, it still fits. That, that I would be envious of. Okay, yeah, great film. All right. So, what? so far, we're two for two in agreement. That's that's this incredible, feels, this actually. Feels weird. <laughs> what else we got? All right, the number three is Sean Baker's "The Florida Project." Yeah, that hasn't that hasn't come right nowhere. No, that I've actually opened. It, it opened here. When? It played and then went after a week. It's not a good sign. One week. Yeah, but they do that sometimes to the small indie films that I'll end up liking later, but you just can never catch them in theaters. You just gotta keep your eyes peeled. All right, tell us, tell us all about this Willem Dafoe. So you, neither of you guys saw it. Oh, nope. oh no, no, no. I, when it comes to movies, like I gotta get them quick. Like one week, it's not enough time. I'm still trying to get myself to go see uh, Shape of Water, which mm. I know is yeah. playing. I know it, where it's playing. It in didn't places. quite make my top ten, but so good. After I saw it, we did our top ten lists, and it actually bumped its way to my number one spot. I really oh. loved it. Wow. I mean, it's superb. It's a teaser for next week's episode, folks. It might come up. I don't know. Oh, I hope that it we'll does. We'll see. Okay. All right. The, the Florida Project. So this is a film um, starring uh, two un uh, relatively unknown actors um, that Sean Baker, uh, well, the, the lead girl, uh, what is her name? I'm going to look it up. Um, she was found on Instagram. Uh, oh, really? Oh no! How old is she? Like she's young. It's Brooklyn. No, not Brooklyn Price. She plays a little girl. Is it Brie? So the star this of this girl, star so of this movie, is an Instagram star. Yeah, Bria oh, Vanen. Or she's not an Instagram star. She was like literally some random woman who lived in Florida, and Sean Baker was just like trying to find someone local, and found her on Instagram. Wow. Um, and basically, the story is that the movie is about um, a hotel just outside of like the Disneyland facility. Um, so, but it's about not tourists, but people who actually are, have to live with that hyper commercialized um, community 
while living under the poverty line. Um, so this woman has a like five-year-old daughter and they live at um, like this crummy um, pastel purple motel. As every motel in Florida <laughs> looks like. Right. And it is run by um, a William Defoe character who is unlike any William Defoe character I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays a incredibly humanistic, warm, uh, understanding, uh, father figure kind of guy. Yeah. Um, which is totally unlike Willem Dafoe. Usually he's known for like well, has, insane, crazy, crazy <laughs> characters. Um, I, but I have a question actually about yeah. it. Uh, a lot of problem. I know some directors have been doing this a lot lately. Sodenberg did it with the girlfriend experience where they are hiring non-actors and actresses to play leading roles in movies. I don't like that a lot of the time because, like you say, Willem Dafoe is in this movie, and I'm sure he's one of the best actors in Hollywood. I'm sure he's crushing yeah, he's it the great. entire time. But then sometimes I feel like it's just a case where you're getting like an, like an Instagram nobody with no acting experience trying to stand across from him, and it's just going to come across sometimes as I know they want that real feel of the way they look, but, you know, sometimes you want somebody who can actually bring some depth, some emotion to the role. Well, maybe it's they're just stars that haven't been found yet. Like, I yeah, think of a movie like Whale Rider. Like, they just randomly found her in New Zealand, and she was phenomenal. And more recently, that American Honey, which was another movie I was not expecting to like. And he just found there was just, like, a bunch of kids. Well, yeah, but then I'm, like, I'm thinking specifically the girlfriend experience with Sasha Gray. She's terrible in that movie, and it's, like... I actually th- haven't seen that movie. It's just, like, oh, man. It's like he hired her because she's a porn star, and so he put her in a movie about being a prostitute. So it's, like, I don't know, man. Like, is, she, is, uh, is the main actress able to keep up with Willem, or she's, like, fall behind Bria's actually phenomenal in the film. Like, she is a gem. Mm-hmm. She plays, like, a very loving... Uh, mother who is not mature enough to really understand motherhood so she lets her child just do whatever she wants she um, is really struggling financially so she ropes her daughter into like selling like makeup products and perfume to tourists and uh Puts her in really sketchy situations. The trailer um, looked really depressing. Where I was like, oh, this movie's going to make me cry. <laughs> I I mean, it is a dark movie, and I can understand why people would be um, unlikely to really embrace um, the idea of going to the theater and paying money to see this potentially so, depressing film. So it's a better but one to get the, for the free poster the has a rainbow on it. Oh. <laughs> Sold. Oh, $15 worth $15 right there. Well, that's why I really I mean, I think it's great when we have these discussions and people hear about different movies that will eventually be at the library when this one is for sale. Um, so then it's like you don't have to pay to check it out and maybe find yeah. something that you right. really love. Well, I will say uh, I mean there's definitely dark aspects of it. There's no getting around that. It's it's a, a film that deals w- with uh, uh, our modern times in a very mm-hmm. uh, particular situation um, that's not so great. But it is also hysterically funny, oftentimes beautifully shot, um, and the performances are incredible. So I can't recommend this enough. Um, it's great. Oh, right. Okay. So I, I believe it. Yeah. Check out those three guys. That's Jordan's top three movies of the year. Let's so. try. To, let's squeeze in two more. We'll do the top five, um, and then we might be out of time. Okay. And we'll have you some other time back. 
All right, so number four is Todd Haynes' Wonderstruck. Um, did either of you see this movie? No, no, I don't feel like that came either, and that it one's on did, my list. did, actually. I saw it at the Amherst Theater on I Main can't Street. It. I lo- don't have this much free time. I'm looking at your top five. I didn't see any of these movies. Although <laughs> I, I, I do plan on seeing The Lost City of Z because it's free on Amazon, and I plan on seeing Lady Bird, but like, I'm just looking at it. Oh, like, number five, when we get to that one, I just saw that in that. That's that's the only movie I saw twice at the theaters this year. All right, so tell us Uh, about Wonderstruck. All right, Wonderstruck. So Todd Haynes. Great um, song. Great song. (laughs) (laughs) Has nothing to do with the song. I'd sing it, Um, but it costs us $250,000 to put that clip on. (laughs) (laughs) We We don't have the budget for that. So this is a film that is bifurcated into two different eras. Okay. It's about two children who um, are deaf or become deaf um, and are searching for a parent figure. Um, One is during the silent film era. So Todd Haynes is able to wrap um, all these uh, ideas about silent cinema into the film. And that portion of the film is actually shot kind of like a silent film um, to kind of emulate that look and feel of the time. And then um, the other part is in the 70s. Uh, or early 80s, I can't remember. Um, and the the kid is looking for his father, um, who he's never met. Um, and he, all he has to go on is a bookmark in a book uh, that is from a bookstore in New York City. So he runs away from home, hops a train, and goes to New York City looking for his father with basically n- no information. Seems likely that he'd find him. And uh, Just a guess. <laughs> Amazingly, this film is able to wrap so many different themes and styles together so successfully uh, with really great performances from these little kids. Um, Also, Julianne Moore is in it. Um, um, And I love Julianne Moore. She's great. You should. And it it deals with um, uh, the the idea of the search for knowledge. the importance of curatorship um he ends up spending a lot of time at at the history museum in new york city um he is searching for this bookstore um so it it really deals with a lot of these um kind of the importance of looking for information in your life which i feel is like a really important theme in just general life but is rarely depicted adequately in cinema if at all um and it's really done well in wonderstruck it looked really interesting so that is on the list and number five and number five is from the safety brothers who um haven't done a lot of things that have gotten a lot of press um but their last film uh what is it called heaven I can't think of what it's Heaven called. Heaven isn't too far away. <laughs> Heaven knows what. That's what it is. Okay. Uh, that film came out in 2014, and I saw it at TIFF, and it blew my mind. I could not get over this film. It, uh, and it basically is a, a film where, again, they found a random person on the street oh, and ended up uh, using that person to actually 
tell you know, their actual life story. You know, if you don't, if you don't have a budget, don't make the movie. <laughs> all right, that's just, if you're gonna find people on the street, I feel yeah, like you yeah. should go like watch Heaven works. Knows What first before eh, you say that. It's, I don't think I'm gonna do that. My mind was blown by this movie. Harmony uh, Harmony Cormine completely got me off of just hiring randos. Well, for me, I also don't like him, but I'm not gonna judge all of them just because I've seen a lot of no-name people put out really stellar performances. Yeah. But he, in good time, uh, the Safdie brothers are kind of doing a similar thing. They're um, kind of portraying this very uh, street-level milieu. And they're using Robert Pattinson, who is a stellar performer and who has knew? not got the cred. Who knew he was going to turn out to be so good? Like the boy from Twilight, who I thought would be terrible and known for his hair, he has brought it in almost every performance that I have seen. Even if I don't love the movie, I feel that he's been really great. He was exceptional in this. This movie was crazy. I cannot tell you how great he is in this movie. He's if if I had to say who should be, or win best actor in 2018, it would be him. This movie was really stressful, and I know that the director, the one brother, was also in the film, and he was really fantastic too. Like he didn't have a huge role, but it was very believable. Right. The and just to go over the plot really quick, uh, basically, he is a sociopath. And he is, uh, he convinces his brother who is mentally handicapped to rob a bank with him. And the rest of the film, he is trying to get out of the situation. Um, and in that sense, it's kind of like a Michael Mann thriller. Like he is this manic criminal who is trying to escape by telling as many lies as he possibly can. He will can. manipulate anyone if he can. And it is incredibly entertaining horrifying uh it's shot beautifully uh and <laughs> it's mesmerizing i saw it twice in the theater this year it's the only film that i actually went and paid to go see twice um it's great i can actually say jacob because i feel like you and i are really similar with films you are going to like this movie i've heard good things about uh good time actually this is one of the ones i am interested in out of all of them because i heard it is just wild like everybody i've seen who it's have I heard really seen stressful it, says it's though nuts. <laughs> Like I Every been. situation that you could imagine does not happen in this I, film. I've been <laughs> Everything is a complete surprise. As we are wrapping up here, I will mention, and this is going to have to be in another episode, but um, I got a bunch of Hitchcock films for the holiday weekend as well and watched a bunch because, you know, who doesn't love Hitchcock? Apparently you. Well. <laughs> I, heard ja I heard Janet Lee's not a big fan either. Well, yes. But so Vertigo. Vertigo. I had never seen before. And it's hard to imagine myself more disappointed with that movie. Jordan, uh, how do you feel about that? I feel sad for you. You feel sad for me? <laughs> <laughs> for the part of my brain that was not entertained by that movie. It, by the bad post-cutting and... Just I think there would be a lot of people of that would argue. Jimmy with you. Stewart driving. Hitchcock I, doesn't know how to end movies. It's a movie about obsession again. Yeah, and I feel like it's supposed to parallel his own life, but it it was just boring. It's true. He doesn't know how to end films. 
and right. his movies are always 20 to 30 minutes too long. But um, we can't talk about it. We're out of time. So, Jordan, you have to save those knives in your eyes for later. Um, but, yeah, so this – thanks so much for listening. Thank you, Jordan, for being here and for bringing your amazing film knowledge to us. We'll have to have you back to talk about more of your list. You Indeed. had a big list, and we There's, talked about five movies. I, I made a list of films that made an impact on me, and it ended up being 30. Sure. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of episodes. With a, with but, a total but box. That was, I'm, the list contained 369 films that I saw this year. Oh, Th- boy. Th- 369 movies, total box office gross, three, $350. <laughs> possible. Nobody okay. sees them. <laughs> All right. We won't pick on Jordan. We're going to save that for later so you guys don't think we're mean right off the bat. But thank you so much for listening. Again, we're all booked up. You can follow us on SoundCloud. Check us out on the library's Twitter and Facebook, things you should be following. And thanks so much for being here, guys. Hey, thanks for having you. me. Oh, thanks wait. Jordan, while you're here... You can be a part of this wonderfulness. Don't. It's happening. So, guys, this is a really important question. What do you call a South American librarian who is always in a hurry? What do you call her? Urgentina. (laughs) (laughs) This is is where my life is now. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Take it easy.